Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Amen. And uh, words cannot express uh, being able to step away and uh, sort of regroup and refresh a little bit and knowing that um, there are faithful men and women carrying on the work of the ministry. That's a great comfort to know from a pastor's uh, vantage point. So uh, my thanks goes uh, to everyone who's, who's taken part to make that happen. And of course, I know, um, of course, his business meeting, of course, Brother Greg filled in for me, and I know he did a great job in teaching. And uh, so uh, anyway, uh, it's good to be back. Some of you have asked about some pictures. I'll, I'll try to get some pictures together and maybe share with you. Uh, not necessarily during a service, but share them with you. Um, some of our um, exciting moments along the way. I did drive on the left side of the road in the right side of the car without a scratch. You believe that? My thanks goes to uh, my friend Chris Sales when he picked us up from the airport. He was giving me the rundown, you know, of the road signs and the road markers and all of that, and and you know, so it's 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 a different world. And so it gave me a crash course there, uh, which prevented a crash, you know, on the course in, <laughs> uh, in Ireland once we got there. So um, I'll try to make sure my eyes aren't heavy. Uh, Sister Charlene, in the opening of the service, she goes, I can see you start starting to wilt over there in the opening, <laughs> opening of the service. Uh, in two weeks, we flew six times. So, you know, but it was good. It, it was good. Um, y'all's prayers were felt. And uh, we enjoyed the time, so thank you all so much. But it's, ba- it's good to be back in the saddle again, and back to what we would call a sense of normalcy, whatever normal is, right? Uh, but uh, it's good to be back. All right, Matthew chapter 8, let's dig right in uh, this morning's uh, message. As you're turning to Matthew chapter 8, um, excited um, to uh, plug in uh, Brother Tyler Royce in our music Next uh, Sunday morning, um, he'll be plugging in a song, uh, leading uh, as Brother Ron and, 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 and um, uh, Eddie has been doing that third song. He's going to be plugging in a song for us. And uh, it's a song that's been around for quite a while, but it would, st- I guess, still be considered a newer song. It's called 10,000 Reasons. Look it up, listen to it, get your hearts familiarized with it, and he'll be leading us in that. So pray for him. I know he's nervous as he can be. But uh, he said, Brother Josh, plug me in where I can be plugged in. He wants to serve, and uh, we've been working on a little bit of music. He's got a a talent and strength in that, so pray for him, all right? I'm a firm believer in people plugging in to serving the Lord, uh, in one sense, within our worship, whether it's teaching, serving, whatever it is, and so excited to see him take part. So be in prayer for him Next, uh, not not ne- I'm sorry, not next Sunday. It's the Sunday after, right, fellas? The, the 31st. 31st. So, all right, so in a couple weeks. 
All right, all right. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. We're going to pick up in a series about following Christ and uh, digging into his personal ministry with this whole theme wrapping it that we know is being rooted in Christ. That's the theme of this year. And um, so we're looking at Matthew chapter 8, getting into another miracle. Um, I love this portion of scripture. This, who likes this part? You should like all the Bible, right? But this is always a, a very exciting scripture to read and meditate on. And uh, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23 uh, through verse 27. You'll also find this in Mark and also Luke. Okay, we may flip over to Luke a little bit, but our main reading will be in Matthew. Okay, if you're there, say amen. Okay, uh, verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Now remember what preceded this. Um, we know there was the centurion's faith, was a grand faith, the faith Christ had said, you know, no greater faith that he had seen um, than that. And uh, Peter's mother-in-law was healed. And then Christ talks about, we didn't particularly read this portion of Scripture, um, but uh, the cost of really deals with discipleship. And what you're going to find Matthew is doing, he's wanting us to see, wanting the disciples to see, I think, a stark difference between the great faith of the centurion to their weak faith in the ship. All right? And you're going to see the difference of what a weak faith does, what a strong faith does. Okay? So keep that comparison in your mind as we read this. And so now he's going to enter into a ship from Galilee. Um, He's going to go... Uh, to the other side, okay? So they followed him. And behold, there rose a great tempest in the sea, what we would call the great storm, okay? Uh, Insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, okay? But he, talking about Jesus, was asleep. And his disciples came to him uh, and, and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish, it wasn't just a casual stroll down to the bottom of the ship. They were runting. Their heart was racing. Their fears were climaxed. They were, we are going to die. That's, that was the atmosphere. It says, and, when he, and he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We thank you, Father, for our time of worship. Hearing your people sing from their hearts praise to their Savior and praise to their King. Father, I pray you would guide me today. Um, Father, I'm very aware of um, what tiredness is, um, is involved right now with myself. But, Father, I'm, I'm here to worship. Father, I want to set that aside. Um, what, what fatigue or tiredness that I may have. Lord, I, I'm excited to be here with your people. Um, a, a, a church, Father, you have given me the opportunity and, and honor to, to pastor and serve. Father, I'm excited to dive into this precious event. And it's an event of faith. Helps us learn about Christ, what our faith needs. Father, they help us to be more rooted in 
Help, help us, Father, to root our faith in to Christ in all of life's events. We, are, we never make a mistake when we, have, when we place our faith in Christ. I don't know where everybody is in their life. I don't, I don't know, Father, the ins and outs of the struggles and trials and situations they're in right now. But you do. You know what they need from this message to help their faith and their courage and bravery and peace they need. Father, help me to be mindful of the leadership of the Spirit. And I pray that we all follow Him today. Father God, help me to disappear from the stage that they only hear and see you. And I pray all this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, Amen. I want to talk about a a message that I want to entitle, The Storm Your Faith Needs. Your faith needs a lot of things. And aren't you thankful God knows what your faith needs? Amen. Where your faith is can all be accredited to Him. He's allowed things to come about. He is, he is sovereign. He rules and overrules uh, for the things that your faith needs. And uh, we cannot please God outside of faith. So dear friend, whatever God is allowing into your life, whatever is God allowing to stretch your faith, it's needed because it's your faith that pleases God. So even if it's difficult, praise God for what He's doing for your faith. All right? Um, but you know, looking at, at life, every life is made up of moments. We may, may, we may word it that way. Um, it's made up of chapters. It's made up of seasons. Um, we could go on with other list of adjectives that we call life, what, what life is made up of. And I call these things the in-between areas of life. Okay? Um, these moments... These in-between moments, they can endure for a, a day, several days, weeks, months, years. Whatever pleases the Lord, whatever, please, whatever you need it to, however, however long you need it to, to endure, it'll endure. And um, so they, they have a duration period. Um, and these in-between moments, they're in-capped with a launching point. And a destination point. As you look here in the text, you find that Jesus has done teaching. He's done some miracles that we've already unpacked. And now it's time to launch out and go to this, this other shore. All right? And so as you think about this, this voyage, if you will, are the in-between moments. The seasons, the chapters. But we see there's a launch point and there's a destination point. There's end caps to the voyage or the sailing, if you will, the in-between moments. And I really don't know why we do this. A lot of times we just focus on, I just want to get to the other side. If I can just get past this. You ever said that in your heart? If I can just get past this. If I can get beyond this. Or if I can just get that next pay raise. or you know, It's that destination. It's all we ever think about sometimes. And... We forget about those in-between moments. We just want to rush through. As we were in Ireland, one of the most exciting things we did, we took a carriage ride through the uh, gap of Dunlow. And, and, and a carriage ride I'm talking about, it's almost like a chariot style. You know, there's two little benches you sit on, and the driver stands up in between you and drives the carriage up the gap of Dunlow. And, and Jim was his name. He had a real thick Irish accent, so it was a joy to listen to him talk. He talked very fast. You had to listen. 
And uh, they're mo- we were, as Americans, we were like, hey, we, we need to hurry. We don't need to be late. So he sensed. They said, no, 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 no. And I think he was talking to Andy. He said, no, my lady, no, my lady, listen. What doesn't get done today, it'll get done tomorrow. We don't think like that, do we? You know, so uh, very laid back. And that was, for some Americans, that was refreshing to, to, to hear, you know. Uh, we would call that procrastination. They'd probably call that a better balanced life and less stress, you know. So, but, uh, but anyway, we want to rush through the in-betweens. You know, it would almost be like you're taking a scenic drive. You planned out this drive to see a lot of in-between moments before you get to the, your, your destination, right? Let's just drive somewhere, but let's plan out that drive and see a lot of places. It would almost be like you put so many blinders on, you just saw the road and the road signs, and you missed all the scenery. That's sort of what it would be like. Spiritually speaking, we don't need to do that. We need to pay attention to what God is showing us along the way. Not just the pleasant scenery that we would, see, we would seem to be pleasant or call pleasant. But we need to see the difficult parts of it too. The journey. So they're getting ready to be on a journey. It's a journey on the Sea of Galilee here. I meant to get a, 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 a picture of the map to show you. But this, you know, the Sea of Galilee is about you know, roughly 13 miles long, about 8 miles wide. And they were setting course, um, um, setting course to the other side. Now, see Galilee, and you know, several many years ago, been on there, and it's it's well known that storms can just show up real quick. The way the mountains are, the lay of the land, they can just pop in, all right, very quickly, unexpected. And so, in thinking about that, you think about your faith. Your faith is important. Your faith. Um, the devil is fine with, your, with, with what you're hearing preached or taught or read from Scripture. He's fine with that just being an academic thing, in your, just in your mind. What he's not fine with is when it becomes in practice. So the journey, the bookend, the, the launch point, the end point, all the in-between moments, is not, is not an academic journey. You need to learn. You need to see and hear. But it's all meant for you to practice. It's all meant to be fleshed out in your life. Okay? Um... Now, you got to imagine what these disciples had learned. They had learned that, that they were learning some things that even the lofty Pharisees and scribes did not understand from the Old Testament. So when you think about that, they could have easily been getting a little lofty in the well, we know things that they don't know, right? You know, our faith needs to be lofty, right, upon Christ. It needs to be, but it, it does, we don't, our attitude about our faith doesn't need to be lofty. Oh, look, we, we know a little more than the scribes and Pharisees. We need to put faith in the lofty one, but our attitude needs to be humble, okay? And so, uh, we, we, it's one thing to learn biblical truth. It's another thing to practice it. Ephesians 6, 6 says this, Not with eye service as men's pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. This journey is a heart journey. Your life journey, wherever you are, is a journey of the heart. Okay? And so today what I want us to do and learn is this, to discover once again why we should root all of that we are, all of our faith, into one person, and his name is Jesus. We're going to learn some things about Jesus uh, through this. And so uh, let's begin with this. Number one, Jesus is always with you. Does that give anybody joy? What about peace? It is. It's a comforting thing to know that. Jesus is always with you. Notice verse 23. It says, And when he was entered into the ship, the disciples followed him. We find they launched out together. 
They didn't say, Jesus, you take that boat, we'll catch the next one. That's not what happened. They got on the same boat, all right? They launched out together. Every believer, if you're a child of God, every believer today is blessed with the ever-present Christ. Now, it's a little different than their day. Their day, Jesus was clothed in flesh, like you are, okay? And he walked physically with them. He was the comforter of that moment, okay? But in our day, we will learn that Jesus uh, said that, you know, I'm going to pray to the Father to send another comforter. So in today's time, we understand that Jesus, he is what we call omnipresent. You know what that means? That means he's with you, he's with me, he's with every child of God, everywhere, anytime, whatever you're going through, he's with you. You launch out together, you can't launch out into a day without him. You can't end a day. Without. Now, you can begin a day and end a, day, end a day not very close. Now, that's your fault. But God is always present. And, you, and it's just, a, it just come to my mind as I, as, I read, as I read this. God promises that His Spirit will never let you go. How many of you enjoy doing life with someone? I mean, just having someone with you, doing, it could be a, a brother or a sister or a, your, your parents, your children, or your church family. Having people with you. Right? Doing life together. It's a great blessing. I, I, consider, that, I consider that a blessing from God. We had two friends there in England, right? That we did life together for two weeks. Thank God for them, right? Because, whoa, we would have had a lot of trouble, you know, learning how to, you know, how the buses work, how the, they call the tube, the underground, you know, uh, what we would call subway stations, right? They go six levels deep, you know? I mean, there's just a, a lot of things. They helped us. They guided us. But I will say this. Not always do you have that luxury. But, but can I tell you what great luxury you do have? God's always with you. You may not have flesh and blood with you, but you have God with you. Whether your friends are with you or not, God is the one always, always there. Revelation 1 8 says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And so, uh, dear friend, that's the one who's with you, the beginning and the end. What a joy! What a joy that is. You think about your life, you think about all of history, understand this. Jesus is the bookend to all things. Before, the, before we, what we would call the beginning, he was that bookend. We know as eternity, he's the bookend for that. And so you're in the middle of the bookends of Jesus. Folks, you're, surround, you're, you're a child of God, you are surrounded by Christ. He is around you, he's bookended your life, and he's also in you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Dear friend, don't be fearful in this life. He's with you. He bookends all of eternity. Every launching out point is an opportunity for you to go deeper into Christ. He doesn't give you a launching out point into a storm or a trial or a blessing, whatever it may be, dear friend. He doesn't give you a launching out point without a purpose. Every launching out point into the details of whatever he's allowed you to go into, understand this, it's an opportunity. It's always an opportunity to go deeper, your faith to go deeper into Christ. Let me give you a quote from one of my, probably one of my favorite preachers, probably yours too, uh, Adrian Rogers. One of the greatest pul uh, pulpiteers, I, I would consider him. But anyway, he said this. He said, don't get the idea, well... 
I'm saved now. I've got Jesus, and I'm going on. You don't go on. You go deeper. You'll never need more than Jesus. I love this. You'll never need more than Jesus, but you can have more of Jesus. Um, you can go deeper into Jesus. You'll never go beyond Jesus. Jesus is all you need. You should seek nothing more. Um, a friend settle for nothing less. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Omniscient One. So I love that quote from Aiden Rogers. And so understand this, Jesus is always with you. They launched out together. Secondly, Jesus is always aware. Jesus is always aware of what's going on. Um, look on a little bit further, we find it says, And behold, there arose a great tempest, a storm. Has anything ever caught you off guard? Be honest. Yeah. We may think we plan so well, nothing, there's no odd caveat that could happen. But that's not the kind of knowledge you have. Okay? Uh, but Jesus is always aware. Now, how many of you, how many of you can sleep through a storm? How many of you, how many of you wish you could? <laughs> um, so, you think about that. Who's probably, of the two people, is most aware of what's going on during the storm? The one asleep or the one that's awake? It's an easy question. I give you easy ones. All right, the ones who are awake, they hear, they see every lightning flash in the window, they hear every thunder, they hear, they feel it sort of, you know, uh, uh, rattle the house or whatever. You you know, Jesus is asleep, and you would think that the one that's the most aware of all the all the truth of what's going on are the guys that are awake and the and the Savior that's asleep. Well, he's just blind to it all. Now you sit there and shake your head as if, no, 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 Jesus knows, Jesus knows. But how many of you have not said that? And acted fearfully, which is also essentially saying, God doesn't know what I'm going through. Huh? I'll, be, I'll, be the, I'll raise both hands and both feet. If I could, I would raise them all that I had done that before. Now we, let's not be too hard on these fellas. They, their faith needs should have been strong. But we've been in those same moments where we have accused God of not knowing what's going on. You know, when we were in England, our friends, they, were, they, were, they shared some pictures with us. And they were in Guam for a while. And uh, they went over to an island and they, they did all the training and stuff to, um, to scuba dive, to dive, snorkel and scuba dive, all that. I know you all, you all have done that. You all, you all could relate to that. Uh, but I'm not. And there was a particular lake. I think it's the only lake in the world that you can actually dive in and swim with hundreds or maybe thousands of jellyfish. Now, these can't sting you. As far as to human flesh, they don't really sting human flesh. But they had underwater pictures. There was a picture of his wife there with all these jellyfish around her. You know, and the reason I say all that is this, is that how many of you ever thought about that lake with those jellyfish no, you're about, to, what I mean by that is this, there's so many things going on in this world, above ground, underground, across this globe, that you aren't even aware of, but God is aware of everything that moves and breathes and, and, and happens. God's always aware. It's amazing. I was just, 
Never in my mind that I was ever concerned about what was going on outside the window of, of a home or flat there in England. But there I was sitting at a table studying, you know, this, this message, looking at the window and seeing nature and things that they see that I don't see. Things were going on just fine. God was in control. Even I wasn't aware of those things while I was here. So it's just, just a little bit of a perspective there. God is always sovereign over all things. He is omniscient. He's always there. This storm... Who believes that this storm did not take Jesus by surprise? I don't believe it did. I don't believe it took Jesus by surprise. I, uh, church, I have told you this time and time again, and I will continue to tell you this. If you want to enter into every chapter of your life with, with comfort and peace Enjoy, you are going to have to have a better solid understanding of what's called theology. What I mean is just understanding the doctrine of God. Who is He? What does He do? What's His nature? What's His person like? Know Him. Know Him. The greatest peace that you're going into a financial problem, a marital problem, a surge, or whatever, going into that knowing who God is. Would you agree? Yes. But how many of you times you get, you get so wrapped up in what you're entering into, you forget to plunge back into who God is. Getting that refreshed back in your mind again. I want you to understand that Jesus is always aware of what is going on. Because he, dear friend, has allowed those things to come about. What that tells me, there is purpose and control. Even when you think you're not in control, because he's permitted it to happen, there is control and there is purpose. Always with God. Um, let me share these verses with you. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5. Um, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, let's read this last part of this together, ready to begin. I will never leave thee nor... Now, was he telling the truth or is he a liar? You tell me. That's truth. And the truth, all, all, all this truth, sets you free. The truth of the gospel, believing on the gospel, set me free from the penalty of sin. The truth that Jesus is always with me, right, sets me free from fear and anxiety. Truth is always freeing. I don't think I have this on the screen, but it's John 14, 16. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus was going away, but he didn't want his people, even in 2023, to be without comfort. Not that you deserve comfort, but that God wanted you to have comfort. What a, what a wonderful God we have. Deuteronomy, I think I have this one, Deuteronomy 31.6 on the screen. Be strong and of good courage. What's the next two words? All right, nor be what? Okay, let's read the rest of this together, ready to begin. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth, doth go with thee, he will never fail thee, nor... What a joy. Can I get an amen to that truth? What a joy that is. You see, God's knowledge is different than yours. Um, we can only really, you know, we can plan for the possible... But we don't know the actual. God knows both. <laughs> he, know, he knows it all. He knows the actual. He knows the possible. He knows all things. You know, 
getting on a plane, fly, flying over the water, you know. This could happen, that could happen, this could we, you know, we could all get fearful about it. all the things. Now, we plan, we'd be smart, but then God knows. I entered, got on that plane or in that car, you know. God knew. God's in control. God's with me. It's going to be okay, right? That's who your God is. Folks, I tell you, if you're walking in life without Jesus, you are walking dangerously. Walking in, on a sad road, a road without real purpose. But Jesus gives you life, eternal life, and gives you purpose. Jesus always also, thirdly, Jesus is always in control. You know, here we find these disciples come down and they come frantic. Anybody ever been frantic before? Been a little anxious? Maybe you'll admit that one. Anybody a little anxious? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've been anxious before. It's easy for us to slip into. But um, geez, they, 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 they come down thinking they're perishing. You know, I can imagine just, you know, tromping out, maybe even jumping some steps, you know, a few steps and getting down there where Jesus is and, and, and seeing him there and seeing him sleeping, thinking like, does he not care? I thought the Son of God was the one that's always in control or that at least cared about being in control. But here he is sleeping. There's some things you can learn about the fact Jesus is sleeping. Now, I think about this. Jesus is taking a nap in a boat during a storm. What, you'd think at least, I mean, water was coming in. You, you can go to, go to Luke. It describes a little, a, a little more differently about it's, it's being covered with water. So the water's You'd think at least he'd been splashed on the face and actually come to himself and got things done. <laughs> you know. No, that, 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 he stayed asleep. And I began to think about that, and what was it about Jesus? What gave Jesus such a desire to embrace this boat ride with an app? He knew a storm was coming. I think nothing ever blindsided Jesus. Why would he sleep? And if you're going to get things done, some of you that have a, a business or, or, or whatever, you, you're not real thrilled when you find someone sleeping on the job, are you? Is you or maybe your boss would not be very pleased if he found you sleeping on the job either. Sleeping on the job. Sleeping what, in what you should be, a time you should be carrying out your purpose. You're an employee. You're to give 100% during this time frame. You're to do it now, but you're sleeping. Jesus I'm the Son of God. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm in, I'm in control. And he's sleeping on the job. Well, we look at Jesus here. Why was Jesus so comfortable during an uncomfortable time? And why were these men so uncomfortable when I think they should have been comfortable during this time? Jesus' actions, we find, are completely in line with his claims about being one with the Father. What did he, he say? I, me, I, my Father, are one. You know what Jesus was doing? He was giving such a clear illustration of how, hey, trust him. I know that may seem cliche, but it's more than cliche. It's it's. it's it is a truth that casts away fear from your life. 
it, 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 it is something that, that's not cliche. It's something that is real. It's truth when it sets you free. Trusting the Father, being one in the sense that you understand Him, right, is what we can know of Him, and, 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 and going on being, being, being comfortable with what He, even you don't know the details He does, that's great. You can be positive with that. You can be uh, in comfort with that. Jesus was in line with His claims about being one in the Father. This world is always looking at Christians, waiting for them to panic. Waiting for them not to align with the person they say they are. Not to align with, you know, um, you know uh, their Jesus is a life giver, the peace giver, the comforter, the strengthener. You know, they're waiting for something to look differently than that. Okay? If we want to, if we want to be comfortable during a storm, you need to be in line. With who God is. We need to operate according to who God is. He's with you. Remember we already covered that. He's with you. And then you think about this. Jesus was sure in who he was as the ruler and overruler of creation. He did not have any question. This should comfort your heart this morning. Jesus had no question about who he was in the boat. He's sleeping. He was fine, with, he was fine taking a nap during an uncomfortable time because he knew. He was sure. What would it be like if you put your faith in an unsure Savior? An un, a God of un, was unsure about his own sovereignty. What kind of peace would you really have? There would be no peace. But folks, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior, he is sure of who he is. There's never a doubt in his mind of who he was and who he is today. God cannot change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when you put your faith and trust in Jesus... You put your faith and trust in a Savior who knows He's the Savior. And, and when you put your faith and trust in His Lordship and follow Him, He knows He's Lord. He knows He's Creator. He knows He's King. He's Sovereign. He knows. There's never a doubt. That helps me trust Him. Amen? He removes any, really, any possibility of having a justifiable reason to not trust Him. He was sure of who He was. He took a nap. Nothing could hinder him, and also nothing could hinder him from carrying out the Father's will. Let's be honest. Think about this. Do you honestly think the Creator, Jesus was and is the Creator, do you honestly think he, would, he, he thought in his mind that his creation would destroy him? If there's any part of creation... Right? That's been always in full obedience. It's not humanity. All right? It's not you. It's not me. But it's the waves. It's the wind. It's the sun. It's the galaxy above. It's the dirt below our feet. All of creation outside of humanity has always been obedient. They've obeyed their creator. So Jesus knew. The waves knew who he was. Amen? But that's one thing the disciples forgot. He's the creator. These waves know who he is. Right? You may think life's falling apart and God doesn't care and that it's all just going to come and you know, we're going to perish. But dear friend, Jesus is sure of who he is. You need to be sure of who he is. Take comfort in that. Right? Because he's always with you. He, always, he, always, he knows what's going on. And he is, dear friend, he is what we call omnipotent. Right? He is all-powerful. He's in control. Look at what he does. They come down there. He wakes up. He said, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Why? 
You know what they they did? They just, there's no response. Because they knew he, he had called them out. They had saw great faith. They knew by the centurion what a great faith does. Now, how what we see his great faith in the servant that was that was that was sick, he was healed. They just witnessed these great things, and now they're scared to death. Why are you fearful? Let me ask you that question. Why are you so fearful? Brother Josh, I got this going on. It's never happened to me. I understand that. I understand that. I, I get that. I can empathize with going through something that I've never gone through before. I get that, and God gets that too. He knows you're but dust. He knows that. But he's given, oh yeah, that's just but dust, all that you need to live life. He's given you himself. Why are you fearful? I'm fearful what may happen to my body. You know, life's more than your body. I know this is easy, preach, and hard live. I get it. But thank God you've got the Spirit to get it done. Amen? He's not going to call you to do something. They won't give you the, the power to do it. You've got to lean into the Spirit and, and, and lean on Him, and He will help you um, remove fear. Okay? Um, so He's in control. He gets, we love this phrase of Scripture. It says, Then He arose, and He did what? What did He do to the winds and the, and, and, and the, and the sea? He rebuked it. He spoke with authority. He spoke with authority. He rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a what kind of calm? A great calm. Now listen. Christians make this mistake all the time. They get to the Word of God. They start reading the Word of God. And they they begin to think subconsciously sometimes that that's the Jesus of that era. Now you wouldn't say that today. But you read the, the, the journeys of Paul, you read all these things, like, well, that's just, I, I can't see God do things like that for me. You know, that's just, the, that's just Jesus of the Scriptures. Yes, he's the same Jesus of the Scriptures today. He doesn't change. And so I want you to know, the one who had authority over all things then has the same, is the same one who has control and authority of all things now. Jesus is always in control. We call that being omnipotent. That's who Jesus is. But let me give you this lastly. Um, Who hates to think that something just was just a waste of time? Does that get under your skin like it gets under mine? I just wasted my time. I've I've thought that several times. I'm just wasting my time. It seemed like there's no purpose. Listen, there was a launch point. Let's go to the other side. There's in-between moments. There was a season, right? There was, there was, there was, there was miles to travel on water here. They, they were going. There, there was a journey. Listen to me. Every journey God allows you to take sail into, there's, a pur- there's always a purpose for Jesus to shape you. There's a shaping journey taking place. It's always about shaping you and glorifying Him. Amen? It's always two things that's happening in your journey, right? In the in-between moments, heading to the destination where your faith needs to be. He's helping you. He's shaping you. So Jesus' presence tells me that this journey that I'm now on has a purpose. Now listen, was this storm, did this storm come about because of, of the disobedience of these men? No. Sometimes we think about storms as God dis- always just disciplining because there's disobedience. 
There was no disobedience when they launched out with Jesus. What does this say in verse 23? And when he was entered into a ship, what did the disciples do? They followed him. What do you call that? Obedience. This storm came as a result of obedience. Amen? Stepping out with Christ could bring you to a storm, but it's a storm that he's in control of and he has purpose in. That's comfort. He's shaping me. We were traveling in Ireland going down just sort of the coastline. I can't remember what it was called. We got to this uh, pottery place and got to watch these two, these two potters. There's a man and a woman making pottery, shaping. They start with this old lump, useless piece of clay. It took, me my, took my mind back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house, and I want you to watch him. Right? I want you to learn of me. Okay? This is what I'm doing with Israel. And this is what I'm doing with you. I'm shaping you. And they took that clay, and, and, they, and I mean, they took pressure. They took pressure. Took some un, there was some uncomfort to the clay. There was a pushing. There was a flexing. There was a shape, a reshaping. But if you could have seen the beautiful piece that she finished. And this other guy over here, he was making some big pots. And... And he couldn't get it done within just the time that he had. So he had to get this big old torch. He had to light that thing. He was torching the top of this thing. It was hot. Because he wasn't done today. He was going to pick back up tomorrow because the journey for this pot wasn't done. The, the final destination for this particular pot wasn't done that afternoon. It had to do it tomorrow. So he had to heat the top of that. That was uncomfortable. So it would, it would, it would, it, it would, uh, it would uh, harden to the point that he really needed to, not, not too far but, but he needed it to harden at a certain time or rate to finish it out. So God's going to put pressure on you. And God may put a little heat on you. But he's bringing you to a point of being useful. Purpose. To show his beauty. Just because his hands brings pressure doesn't mean his hands are less than perfect. Amen? If his hands cared for me, he wouldn't put so much pressure on me. No, that tells you he cares about your faith. He cares about your final, the final day you send before him as well. He's putting pressure. He'll put heat, but there's purpose. He's going to put you on display so the world can see him through you. Love the potter's hands. Jesus, always, he's always shaping you. He's not just shaping you to go to heaven Right? As Philippians 3.21 says, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I'm thankful. It, took, it takes him to shape me for heaven. This body can't do it. He's got to give me a new one. Now, he's going to do that. But, folks, he's shaping you for earth, too. Romans 12.2. It's the last verse I'll leave you with, and I'll close. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God is shaping, will one day shape you for heaven in the sense of being able to go to heaven, that glorified body. But dear friends, your faith, who you are right now, needs to be shaped for service, for worship. He's shaping you. This is all who Jesus is and what he's doing in between the bookends, the launch point and the destination point. Can I just briefly tell you this? Look, what, what was he shaping them for? What, what, what was he shaping them for? Notice where they were going. 
You look at verse 28 and you read on. I'm not going to read it all. But you know what, they, we know what, we know what was waiting for them on the other side? It was service. There's work to be done. There was, there was, there was some guys there, demon-possessed. There was work to be done. There was a time where this guy had to go to Jesus and say, I went to, your, I went to your elite inner circle of men, but they couldn't, they couldn't heal my daughter. They, you know why? It's their faith, or lack thereof. Folks, I, I can't stress enough that you're a co-laborer with Jesus. And to be a co-laborer with Jesus, I want you to know that your faith needs certain storms. Your faith needs the in-between moments, whatever they are, how sunny they may be or stormy they may be, or they may be a lot of pressure or heat, whatever they are going on right now in your life, you, your faith needs them. Your faith needs them. And all, all of what's going on right now, it may be out of your hands. You ever said that? It's just out of my hands. But they're never out of God's hands. Okay? That's who Jesus is. So where is your faith? He asked them, where, where's your faith? This is who I am. This is who's sailing with you. Where's your faith? As we stand to our feet, every head bowed and every eye closed.